0: And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 282. I'm your host, Blaine putt and I'm joined now by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hello. Second show this week. It is an epic week for sure.
1: Yes. Uh, With the season uh, right upon us, uh, we're going to up our shows, hopefully, and get more shows in, whether it's two or three of us. But uh, we're going to do that because you guys demand it. (laughs) Well, our moms do anyway
0: yeah although mine doesn't watch or listen mine
1: doesn't watch or listen she doesn't really care
0: so (laughs) it's really just matt's mom
1: yeah yeah and since we made fun of new brunswick she's even kind of on the fence
0: understandably so all right um figured we'd do an earlier show uh normally we do these a little bit more spaced out. We uh, Matt and I did one on Sunday. Uh, but with Matt traveling around Ontario for a holiday, uh, you're going to be flying back to Nova Scotia. And with me flying to Ontario, <laughs> things are getting a little busy. So, um, yeah. There we go. So we're going to get this go. one out of the way. Uh, we'll, in this episode, we'll talk a little bit about an injury update, Couple of uh, contracts have been signed, and we'll talk about the camp a little bit. So, a uh, little bit of house cleaning. Uh, Emil Heineman and Joel Armia in the game against Ottawa that the Canadians lost 5 four on Tuesday night uh, both got injured, both upper body. Uh, no extra word on that yet, which I think is going to have a ripple effect on the uh, the roster in the camp going ahead. But to the contracts that were signed, let's do the easy one first. Owen Beck. Owen Beck signed his ELC, played a game against Ottawa, did well, and was sent back to the OHL last night after the game. I wrote about this on the Hockey Writers uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, of the way his play has trended upwards where he had earned an ELC two weeks ago. He finally got it. And as expected, he's going back to the OHL, and I think it's going to be a dominant season.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I was expecting Beck to go back to the uh, Mississauga the entire time, no matter how well he played. It it made more sense uh, for him to do that. I don't think he's quite ready for a full NHL season. Uh, So why burn... uh, why well, burn a year on his ELC to get nine games in, really. Um, so uh, he's going to go back there. He's probably going to make Team Canada for the uh, World Junior Hockey uh, uh, Tournament. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he's probably going to dominate in, uh, in the OH. I mean, his face-offs alone should have put him on the Montreal Canadiens because <laughs> cause even though I will say this, Kirby Dock is at 52% for the preseason, which is pretty good, considering the guy was 33% last year with the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, so, uh, But that alone, because Montreal's had issues in the face-off circle, and Dvorak was really the only one above 50% last year. Um, but, again, he's too young. Uh, another season, the OHL won't hurt him. Uh, I do see him playing a full season OHL and he'll probably go right to the Habs. As soon as he comes, he's ready, ready to come back uh, uh, the following season. And uh, it's a good signing for him. Good signing for the Canadians. And uh, we'll probably see him uh, maybe in Laval at the end of the season. Once the OHL
0: season is over. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Beck did show that he could play in the NHL right now. He he
1: could. I just don't think he could sustain a whole season. No, is what. Uh, yeah,
0: he he'd be playing basically at the like at the tips of his fingers. He's he's just hanging on by his yeah. fingernails, yeah. so he'd be able to keep up, but just barely. And and that's impressive considering he only played one season of OHL hockey because one of the seasons was sh- shut down due to okay. COVID. So going back. Already showing that he is capable of grasping systems within seconds, understanding what the coaches want, going over the video, and then adjusting his game as required. Um, that's going to bode well for the Canadians. He might even be playing for them by next season. I don't know, but he will go back to Mississauga. And I was talking to some uh, some people that work with the Steelheads, and they're they're super excited to get him coming back cuz they have big plans for Mississauga this year and Beck's a centerpiece of that considering he's going to be their number 1 center makes sense
1: yeah and and he's going to get the minutes in the OHL whereas in the NHL he's yeah. probably going to be a fourth line center uh yeah maybe third maybe third depending on how well he played but with uh dvorak suzuki and evans he's he's not going to take ice time away from them and it's going to give him a chance to uh play in all situations
0: so. and looking at this season this year's camp versus previous camps um he might have been rushed into the nhl based on his showing in this camp had this been a couple of years ago with the old uh, the old regime Mm -hmm. Uh, who desperately needed centers. So you look at Yemi who was pushed into the NHL a a little quickly at 18. That might have been Beck this year. Uh, With this new uh, new regime change, uh, they're more focused on the development. And let's be honest, no one's expecting much of anything this season out of the Canadians. So why stunt anyone's growth? well
1: exactly and then like i don't know how many times st louis said in an interview this is all about development and not about wins i mean don't get me wrong that canadians want to win the players have said themselves that you know we're we're trying to make the play we're going to try to make the playoffs because players don't tank as much as people want to think they do they don't tank management might tank try to tank but players don't try to tank chicago Um, Chicago. (laughs) um and I don't I don't think Martin St. Louis wants to tank. I think he just wants to take the approach where, hey, we don't have the team, especially with O'Kerry Price, we don't have the team that's gonna go even if we make the playoffs, it'll be another miracle run like a couple years ago for us to get to the to the Stanley Cup. So uh you know, let's do this the correct way, take the young guys and uh develop them properly, put them where they're supposed to be to develop properly. And we'll get on to that when we talk about someone else later and uh, you know, go from there. If we win bonus, you know what, if we don't, well, I we get a nice little draft pick next year and a very, very good deep draft, uh, especially in the top 10, anyone in the top 10 is probably almost going to make the NHL the very next year and be a difference maker, at least the top five. Um, and, uh, and yeah, We'll go from there. So uh, I think that's the right approach. I think fans, I mean, I'm, I'm all over social media. There's a lot of fans who are just rolling their eyes and, oh, we're going to suck again. It, that's what you do to rebuild. You you have, Toronto didn't get Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander because they kept finishing in the top five every year in the NHL. Um, it's
0: true. They sucked you know. for a long time to get those uh, those players in. Same
1: with Edmonton. Edmonton sucked for a long time to get uh sidle. and I think dry. was a second round pick, but to get uh McDavid. No,
0: Drysidel was third overall. Yeah.
1: Third yeah, oh yes he was. So sidle and McDavid and all I mean, they made some bad picks too, but um yeah. but they you know, that's how you get those type of guys. Um it was just unfortunate this year, Montreal got the first overall pick in a draft where there wasn't uh generational talent, let's just say. Uh Top tier, close to elite talent, but not generational talent.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think this year's draft, you're going to see a lot of these, uh, a lot of the players out of the top 10 turn into first line, first pairing types. Uh, Nemich specifically, I think he'll turn into a first pairing defender. Wright might become a first line center, probably second Mm -hmm. line considering he's behind Berniers and Seattle. So it's not, it's not the end of the world. Um, and. Yeah, you're kind of jumping on your point about tanking. Uh, Players don't get to where they are as professionals by coasting or tanking. They compete. you got to think as well, they're fighting for their next contract. So the Canadians have a bunch of players, especially at forward, who are essentially placeholders for the future. They're just filling these spots until the younger players can step up. They're going to want contracts with whoever's willing to sign with them. So by playing as well as they can, they're guaranteeing that they can at least get an offer. Yes. Um, yeah. Because, you know, and in, in, it's a good idea for management to have those types of players because then you have, you keep the games close. Uh, for instance, Alan, we talked about him in the last episode signing his contract. Keeping him on board helps keep the games close. It helps them compete because you don't want you don't want the youngsters to play in games that don't mean anything from October on. You want them to play in meaningful games come January where they're still not out of the playoff picture yet, that they're, they're competing well against top, uh, top teams. The games are, you know, one or two goal difference. So they get those scenarios where they, they have to go and score a goal at the end of the game. They can try that or they can try and shut down a team at the end of the game with a one goal lead these little things that then you're going to need to learn how to do to win in the future is this is where they learn it.
1: Yep. So that's and, what, uh, you,
0: you want that. Yeah.
1: And and like I say, uh, the way it looks now, there might be some young guys that are going to make the team earlier than we thought due to a couple injuries that are going on. But uh, yeah. other than that, uh, let's just uh, hope for an exciting season. Uh, be happy for the wins that we do get. And uh, I personally, this season, will just be watching the development of the young players and uh, uh, see how well Coffee and Suzuki do. And uh, I mean, so far, Coffee looks like he's in midseason form. Suzuki played one game and looked like he was in midseason form. So uh, I think we're okay. I, I think we're going to be all right. I don't think we're going to be as bad as people think, but I don't think we're going to be anywhere close to being all that great either. So,
0: yeah, why don't we just jump into the Ottawa game yep. and we'll yep. come back to the other signing after. So you brought up Suzuki and Caulfield. I, man, they did look really good against Ottawa in that game. That pass that uh, Caulfield, uh, that Suzuki made to Caulfield for the power play goal, yeah. oh, that was a nice pass.
1: And uh, he had an even better one uh, to Armia for the uh, Armia goal. And I just want to point out, Armia's shot was bang on. So everyone yep. looked at the the moves that Suzuki made to get around those three players and to get the pass off. But Armia picked that corner on a dime. So I'm going to give props to him because he doesn't get many props from anyone uh, lately. So uh, that was good for him, but uh, it was a, it was a bad start. I'm going to say this. Um, Montembeau is going to make this a long season. I think uh, everyone knows I'm not a Montembeau fan. Um, I don't think he's a great goalie, but we don't need great goaltending. We just need good goaltending. So uh, that's why we have Jake Allen. Um, hopefully Monty can find his game. Maybe. I mean, he had flashes last year, but, uh, he just seems like that type of goalie. He'll give up a, a donut and then make 14 amazing saves before giving up another donut. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's, it's kind of a conundrum of, of, uh, of, of you know, you know, you look at him go, man, how do you make those saves? And then you look at him go, man, how do you let that one in? Um, and, I mean, he's the only young, too. He's going to grow. But uh, the Ottawa game, Montreal made the comeback. Uh, they were down 2-0. Uh, 2 nothing, nothing. to start. Yeah. Four, then they were down 4-2, uh, 5-2. Two, two, and then they came back and made a 5-4. Um, my boy, Jack, I got his goal in his first fight. So, uh, I was happy about that. Uh, you didn't have a on perfect game. On that fight, game. though.
0: On that fight, um, that seemed to be a continuation from the rookie camp. They, they wanted some revenge it, yeah. it seemed and when he was challenged to the fight it looked like he was doing pretty well and once he knocked a knock buddy's helmet off then they then dude grabbed on and started trying to spin yeah which yeah. tells me that he was he felt he was a little out of his league or he was concerned or he might have i don't know he got his bell rung when the helmet came off for whatever reason he just mm-hmm. didn't want to start going toe to toe so this shows that jack can actually go up against some heavyweights i'm not saying he's going to win as the fights or or anything like that but he'll look good he'll hold his own
1: uh, the, i mean and that that fight there was no real punches landed but i think you're right i think when he knocked the helmet off uh with that right that he took it kind of the other guy was kind of like whoa like you know what i mean if that would have connected i would have been done yeah. but uh um, and the other guy who's also a rookie, he's not a he wasn't afraid to drop the gloves either. He's kind of a uh,
0: enforcer. Know,
1: AHL enforcer type guy. Um, but he held his own, he wasn't afraid, he wasn't uh, you know, and that's what I like about Mayu. Montreal hasn't had a guy like Mayu in I don't know how long. Delorier was the last fighter ahead, but Delorier wasn't a very good skater. Jack Eye can skate, uh, Jack Eye has a little bit. I look at Jack eye as kind of like Romanoff with a little bit more offensive skill and not afraid to protect himself or other players. Um not that yeah, Romanoff yeah. wouldn't protect himself, but Jack eye the only question I have about Jack eye is his discipline. Is he going to get into those fights that he doesn't need to get into or at the wrong time or that that yeah. that's where I uh, like I mean I've been high on Jack eye for about a year now. Um but you know, you have to be critical too. He's not going to be perfect. I think he makes the team um, only because I don't think Baron and, uh, and Schooneman are playing all that great. Um, whether he stays with the team. I don't know. I
0: don't but... know if he'll stay with the team. If he does start with them, mm-hmm. I would put it more on Edmondson's injury than anything else. Correct. Yeah. Opening that door. Yeah. Uh, his, his mobility is underrated. I think. Very and underrated. He's got a good shot. He can make a good pass. <clears throat> the issue is he needs to get it all put together. Mm-hmm. He needs to get NHL ready.
1: Yeah, he does. Uh, he uh, One of the goals that was scored there, him and Evans, uh, got caught watching the puck in behind the net. Uh, he, he, he was in the right spot. He just wasn't doing the right job. He got caught puck watching, watching the guys behind the net. And that's when Pinto kind of came in. Even though yep. it was on Evans' side, if he would just check, you know, would look back and check, he probably could have pinched over and uh, and, and, and covered Pinto for Evans. Um, he was on his wrong side because Weidman went into the corner, so he did the right move. He came over to cover Weidman's spot with Evans over on the other side, but again, he got caught puck watching and not doing what I mean. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, he can't get out of position at times, um, but uh like I say his mobility is so good he can get back in position he can uh you know he's not afraid to take crap from people I mean he he treated bun- bunting like a rag doll after bunting was kind of I want to say picking at him but chirping at him earlier in the game and
0: uh you know honestly Jack I should just you know respect his elders well when a senior citizen is talking to you just say yes or yeah, no sir yeah I mean Bunting
1: has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder but I think Bunting's going to say the wrong thing to the wrong guy and that's going to be the end of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, Jack Eye like a guy like Jack Eye is the wrong guy to to chirp to I think. Uh I know why he was doing it because he was hoping to get uh, Jack Eye to take a bad penalty and I mean it was it was a good veteran play by an elderly player um that's been many years in the league or in pro li- in the pro league trying to uh coerce a rookie and a, a let's be honest a rookie who does kind of have a hot head and you know is quick to react uh, to get a penalty but jack i didn't he uh i mean maybe he could have on a couple plays but he didn't get anything that called till late in the game um but besides jack I, uh Gulley had another great game i think ghoulie's a shoe in for the for the team i think um, so he
0: had a quiet uh steady yep. steady game
1: Steady game. Yeah, he didn't hear his name much, and that's what you want from a from a defenseman. Um, Schooneman played better than he did the night before against Toronto. Uh,
0: yeah, but you can tell his legs were a little tired because he made a couple of yeah, errors. He did, and uh, I, I tweeted out here. Uh, Martin St. Louis
1: after the game said the defense got to re- the guys on defense got to realize they're in a battle, and they have to want to win that battle. And to me, Barron and have been kind of playing like they already think they got their spots nailed down.
0: I can't and, argue with that.
1: And uh I I was I like Schoeneman. I thought Schooner had a great year considering last year. He came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, by great year, I mean considering no one heard of him. And then he made the halves. He played 24 games. And he and he played all right. He played well. He didn't, you know, uh Barron in the the nine games I think he played last year. He didn't look too bad until totally he hurt his ankle. But I felt this preseason that them two were kind of, hey, we're kind of especially Barron, because he's like, well, there's no other right-handed defenseman. I probably already got this. I don't know this for sure. I'm just, this is just my observation. Uh, and they've been kind of lackadaisical. Whereas Leskinen, who's really impressed me this preseason, uh, Jack Eye, Gooley, and Harris, uh, although Harris, I think, has had an up-and-down preseason, but he's played, he hasn't, I don't think he's played as well as Gooley, Jack Eye or Leskinen, but he's played, he's going to, He's played well enough to be in the talks to make the team. Um, they're all out there battling. They're out. they all out there trying to win their spot. Um, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. And I think Evanston's injury plays a big role as to uh, who comes in. And I think there's a big reason why Jackey and Harris haven't played on the right side is because Baron doesn't have Baron and Don't have that spot knocked down.
0: Locked down. Yeah, that's that's something that I've thought about as well. And yeah. On this game against Ottawa, you can tell that the Senators showed up. They were ready. They wanted mm-hmm. to play. It's almost as if, because the Canadians and the Senators are going to be playing uh, like a back to back to back, that uh, DJ Smith set it up so that. In this is just something that I'm assuming. It's an observation. It's it's an assumption. Nothing's been said, but to me it looks like DJ Smith prepped his team and said, "Let's treat this like a playoff series." Mm. we're going to show up we're going to play as intense as we can they put together pretty much the majority of their nhl lineup with the mm-hmm. exception of a couple of uh, heavyweight enforcers from the ahl because jack eye was on the other side which points to the intimidation factor jack eye can bring eventually and they they took it to the the canadians and that points to that uh, that the comments you mentioned about from uh, st louis about uh, the defense need to know they're in a battle they that first period they were not in the battle no they by the second they started getting in there and by the end of the game it was it was pretty even on that uh that the desire to win those one-on-one battles for the next two games the canadians are going to be playing the senators on the road they're doing the craft hockeyville stuff Mm -hmm. um i think it's going to continue in this vein and the canadians defense if they want to win that spot so a baron or schooneman harris they're gonna to have to raise their game a little bit because the senators are ready to compete now and they're they're on a mission to make the playoffs because they're all in they went out and got all these new players they went and got all these spent all this money you know for a team that uh that's been on a budget that would uh, rival any parent going to giant tiger I mean, they're now spending. So if they don't make a playoffs uh, this year, that's a failure, and they don't want that.
1: It's true, but I mean, their their top goalie Talbot's going to be injured, and they're left with uh Forsberg, and I think they just they just signed Hedberg or someone off waivers, of, uh, some uh, other guy. I, I don't know. Anyway, so that's that's probably going to be their biggest issue. But I mean, their defense is young but good. Uh, they have Stutzel, they have uh, Batherson, they have Kachuk, Giroud, DeBrin-Kett, they have the, all the, they should make the playoffs. They should, even with the injury to Talbot. Um, and you're absolutely right. He's the, uh, you know, DJ is pretty much saying, Hey guys, we're supposed to be in the playoffs. Our rebuild is over. We're making that push to make the playoffs. Then we're going to make that push to be a contender. And uh they they came out and played that. And I think they're gonna do that in the next two games as well. Uh I think Montreal's gonna make some more cuts within the next couple of days. Uh, probably yeah. later today. And you're gonna see in the last two games more of what we're gonna see uh to start the season and the lineup. So that'll be a good test to see how Montreal's gonna match up against Ottawa, say, in the regular season. Um so um uh, so yeah, uh, Montreal, however, did come out slow. They came back and like a lot of St. Louis games last year in the NHL, they came out slow, then they fought back, um, which is good, which is what you want to see with a team uh, that's in a rebuild, with a team that's uh, not expected to do much, just a compete level. Wins are going to come, but so are the losses. But it, as long as they compete day in and day out, how can you complain about, uh, about the team? It's just not going to be a great team. It's just not going to, it's not a playoff team. It's not a, you know, I still yeah. say it's not a bottom five team, but they're not going to be far from the bottom five. And I only yeah. say that because I think there's four or five teams that are going to have worse seasons than Montreal Canadiens.
0: They're trying to, uh, but with the, with the Canadians this season, they're not going to be that good on this, on the, uh, the standings. I agree. The real victories are going to be individual ones. Mm-hmm. Has this player, evolved their game have they added you know a better shot have they added more speed have they added a little bit more jam on the boards these things that each player is missing that they got to work on that they add those things along the way and if they did that's a victory so that's what they're looking at um i don't know being 0 5 uh, and 1 in the preseason doesn't mean much i mean price you can go eight no and then end up dead last. But I think it's kind of that that game last night and the next two games against Ottawa are gonna be a bit of a show of what the season's gonna be.
1: Well and that like I say, they're gonna have more of their NHL team that they're gonna have out yeah. there. And uh, I mean Martin St. Louis said, "If you're only looking for victories in the preseason, then you're not actually looking above and looking at the what is it the 360 degree uh, view of, of the yeah. team. Uh, I love the way St. Louis is talking about wins and development by saying, Hey, I think he knows they're not going to get a lot of wins, so he's saying, Hey, if you're just looking at wins, then you're not looking at the the bigger picture. And uh, especially with preseason, uh, you know, of course you to you want to win, and I mean, every team wants to go 82 and0 in the Stanley Cup." I don't care if they, they have a, the shittiest team in the league or, or I don't care if they're the Chicago Blackhawks or the Colorado Avalanche. Every team wants wants to do that, right? Uh, but, and if you look at things realistically, you got you, you put yourself, look at all the other teams, the talent and stuff, and you look at you and you said, all right, right now Montreal's looking at it like this. We don't have the talent to do this, but we have talent on our team that in two to three years, we can be doing this so what we got to do is develop that talent properly um and that's i think exactly how they're looking at this season uh the wins are going to be a bonus i said that earlier um but i'm this year going to be watching the individual players i'm going to be watching for me i'm going to I, I want i would like to see suzuki hit 70 points i would like to see coffee i think coffee can hit 30 goals um i'm looking at those milestones and if that's the case and i go all right He's getting better. He's getting better. Uh, if Slavkowski makes the team, I just want him to have a productive season. Like I just want him to, to yeah. develop well. I don't care about his point total. I really don't. He could have I mean, Stamkos I think only had 30 points in his rookie year or something like that. Um, I just want to see that through the year, he's getting better and better and better. And you've seen that in the preseason. You've seen that the first two games, he looked you know, didn't look terrible he didn't look at a place but he was very
0: underwhelming
1: underwhelming like you (laughs) thought he'd be better of course he wasn't really playing with talent either oh um but i thought he played excellent against toronto i thought it was the best game of the preseason and even though he looked tired and a little bit slow last night i thought he had a pretty good game last night i thought he played pretty well with suzuki and 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 caulfield I think the game was a bit faster than he expected, especially on the first line against the other team's top line. But uh, again, he didn't look out of place, but he didn't, you know, he didn't wow me like Suzuki and Caulfield did. Like Suzuki and Caulfield seem to be on that other level. And that's to be expected. Suzuki and Caulfield get a year to, Suzuki. what, this is his fourth season. Uh, Caulfield, this will be his second full season. Like they got, Time under them. They they, they know yeah. the NHL and Slavkovsky doesn't. Um, so yeah, so that that's what I'm looking for. And if Slavkovsky goes to the AHL, I'm perfectly okay with that. Perfectly okay.
0: Now, that. I I I firmly believe that he's going to start the season with the Canadians, and then he'll he'll probably end up in the AHL with his buddy Philip Meshar, who was cut and sent to Laval. So it looks like Meshar is going to play there yeah. as opposed to Kitchener. But with Slavkovsky, I agree. He had an amazing game against Toronto. He played extremely well. He was one of the few bright spots in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the game last night against Ottawa, yeah, he did look a little tired. He looked a little bit – he had a harder time getting up to speed and his with his – keeping his head up so he knows where to be. But to me, that sh- that it looks like he needs to work a little bit on his conditioning, which – That's fine. He's 18. The stuff is going to come. And he hasn't gotten used to the NHL pace or the North American style yet. The size of the rink makes a difference. You see him up against the boards there when Zub knocked him on his ass. And then Kachuk accidentally speared him uh, when he was digging for a puck that had already left Slavkovsky. And Kachuk watched the puck go. But he made sure to dig a dig a little bit more, just in case that that little black dot that he saw go past him was not a skate. It was it was you know
1: one thing about that play. Sure. One thing I liked about Sokowski in that play is he didn't give up on the play, even though Zub knocked no. him down. He looked back to see where the puck is, and that's when Zub hit him, which was a it was a good play by Zub. Like I'm not taking that away. Ooh, absolutely great defensive <laughs> play. As as soon as uh, Sokowski took his eye off him, he went in for the kill and right. uh, knocked him down. But he battled in that in that that board battle on his knees and face with sticks hitting him and everything he battled and he got that puck deep in the corner. He got that puck out deep in the corner. And, and that's what yeah. I kind of liked it. Like he didn't give up. And that's what I liked about him. Now, true. If he knew where the boards were to begin with, he wouldn't have had to look back for the, uh, for the puck. And he, he probably wouldn't. I
0: there. don't think. And also the, the play that he made when he cut into the blue line and pulled up a little bit, trying to make that pass to the middle, He's got to be a little bit more careful when he makes those like he he didn't do it at the speed that you need to do it at the NHL. He was doing yeah. it as if he was back in in Finland as if so he had all that would have been fine there yeah, yeah. he yeah. he doesn't have as much space, he doesn't have as much time. These are things that he's going to get adjusted to. I think he'll get his nine, ten, fifteen games and then yeah. probably go to the the Laval for a bit. So I'm not concerned with his development they You've got a, a head coach who's got a big picture view. You've got a you've got management team that they really seem to like a certain type of player, and that is big, mobile, and somewhat skilled. I mean, yeah. You look at this draft just this year. Slavkovsky, Meshar is not that big, but he's not tiny either. He just looks tiny next to Slavkovsky <laughs> uh, at Beck, and, but on tiny Hudson, they took a shot there. Uh, so there's four guys from this draft that might end up in the NHL.
1: Hudson's growing though. He's 5'9 now, 155.
0: He gets the, he gets an draft, extra inch for every he gets an extra draft, inch for every hundred points he gets.
1: At, at the draft he was five eight, one thirty eight or something like that. So just so everyone knows. He, yeah, he, he had a couple they, sandwiches. They expect him to grow another two inches. That's what they expect.
0: He's a grower, not a shower.
1: We'll see what happens. But really, Hudson at 5'10, 5'11"? If he can get up to 165, 170 pounds, you've pretty much got Kale McCarr. Maybe not the talent, but you pretty much got Kale McCarr. Maybe an Adam Fox type? Adam Fox type, yeah. And I mean, he has the skill. Like you, you, oh, yeah. you've seen it. He has the skill. Now, I'm not saying Lane Hudson's going to be the next Kale McCarr in the NHL. I'm saying he has the skill. And if he can get up to the 5'10, 5'11, he'll have the same, approximately the same. So more Quinn Hughes, actually. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah, really good offensively, some some gaps defensively. I, I mean, a second pairing guy, that if that if that's what he ends up as, as a power play type of guy, that's a that's a massive home run.
1: I mean, Hab's future on D looks great.
0: But it, it takes great. it's gonna take time. It's gonna take going time. To take it's gonna <laughs> take
1: two or three years.
0: Speaking of the Canadians defense and the future, <laughs> like we've been segment? avoiding this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've been avoiding this so far, but we can't any longer. Uh, The Canadians today, the 5th of October, as we record, uh, signed Logan Mayu to his entry-level contract. The right-handed defenseman, who is 6'2", a little over 200 pounds, he's going to end up going back to London to play his season. But that signing is going to really wind up Habs Twitter already has um, impressively I mean it only yeah.
1: took three seconds um, so I'm going to read a little thing from Arpen Basu about what yeah. uh, Kent said back in March and then what he said yesterday or last night or this morning whenever he did it so back in March they said what we understand right now is he made a terrible decision It has impacted people not just the girl but her family and I'm sure her friends he needs to be an exemplary human being sus- so Adelie, not as an athlete. So Sedley? anyway. Uh, we're going to continue to monitor that before we make any formal decisions about having a professional relationship with him. This is what he said after the signing. There's a lot of planning going on, but ultimately to me, he's got to continue to show he's remorseful to work and improve himself. And as long as he's doing that, we can take the next steps. If he doesn't do that, there's really nothing left to... Okay, that's what he said back in March. Now, what he said yesterday was and I can't really find it right now, or last night, or this, whenever he said it, I was, I'm not sure, because i never seen it till I woke up this morning, uh, he basically said that he's pretty much passed all the tests that they required him to do. He's shown that he's an exemplary, and because he's been around the team all summer, everyone's got to know what he actually is like as a person. Um, and I'm pretty sure Maccabee and Belanger put their stamp of approval on this, uh, on this signing before it was signed um say what you will about the guy and this is what i'm going to say about the past stuff and then i'm not i'm not saying any more about it unlike some other players that are currently playing in the nhl right now uh that with this ongoing investigation with the chl logan Mayu came out to the media himself he admitted to what he did he let his name be released by the media even though he was underage and didn't have to he asked not to be drafted because he wanted to mature and go on. Now you can say that was all a PR thing or put on by his agents or whatever. It doesn't matter. It still happened. Um, and I'm not downplaying what he did, but everything that he did do up to the point of his immature thing that he did the sharing of the information, the sharing of the information in the picture was all consensual. So, Having said that, I think Mayu, and I wrote an article about this for the hockey writers a year ago. He can be that guy if the halves do this right to teach other younger players this is not right. You know what I mean? You know, he got the second chance. You may not. We gotta end this culture, right? That's that's in the Canadian hockey, and there's a culture, right? And um, you and I lived through it back in the time when no one gave a shit. So, um, you know, we got to get through this and be better people. Because when we get to this stage, we're role models. And if we're role yeah. models, you know, if we show, hey, I did this that was wrong. I don't like saying a mistake because it was a mistake. It was a bad decision. It was a wrong decision, right? He made the decision and he picked the wrong one. Uh, he didn't make a mistake. He knew what he was doing. He just did it wrong. Right. Uh, but I learned right. from it and I, I, I learned from it and I made myself a better person. And that that's, that's what they, we got to get out of this. So
0: it's kind of like of, the Andrew Shaw situation from a few exactly,
1: years back. Exactly. So what we got to learn from this is not to condemn the kid. It'd be different if he hid behind it or if he didn't say anything and he let it go under the rug and it came out later. All of a sudden, hey, did you hear? You know, that'd be a whole different story because then he wasn't being responsible for his actions. Yeah. What you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and now you got to look at it as maybe he can be that guy that can help change the the attitude that's uh, going around in uh, in in hockey right now.
0: You know, honestly, I, I I'm all about second chances as well. I mean, everybody deserves a second chance if they put the work in for it, and it seems he has. And I'm not. I'm not judging just yet. I'm going to reserve my final judgment for a little later down the road. But you're right. He he was he was forthcoming. He was open about it. He wasn't hiding. So that that gives him that gives him a little bit of uh leeway in my in my view. Now, uh Roland on Twitter, a follow, a good friend of ours, um he put this on Twitter and he said Logan's behavior took place in Sweden. Swedish authorities took action. And he was prosecuted under their law. And this is where he makes an excellent point. If the incident had taken place in Canada, hockey Canada would likely have swept it under the rug with the rest of the garbage they've hidden in the past. So he has stepped up and he has admitted his, his errors. He has admitted his wrongdoing and he has made, taken steps. We can be as cynical as we want and say, he's doing it just for the job, but he is doing it. Whereas hockey canada has literal hidden slush funds and slush funds hidden from the other slush funds. two of them (laughs) that we know of there's probably more to cover up incidents and they're set up until 2029 which really just points to the fact that they're expecting more rapes more sexual misconduct so we can't crucify this kid and ignore hockey canada and the we also, crap that they're pulling
1: we also can't lump this kid into what's happening with hockey canada no it's different and, and the reason i say that is because he's not hiding he's not there is a whole there's about eight players in the nhl right now that were involved in two rape cases that no
0: one knows who they are that we
1: know of there might be
0: 16 20 they're, players right. But there's
1: eight that we know of and we don't know their names and no one's coming forward. No one's saying a word. No one's admitting, taking responsibility for the actions that they had. This guy did. Whether you think he did it because his agents and his lawyers told him to or not is, is irrelevant. It's irrelevant because he still did. He could have said, no, I'm not doing that. Like This happened in Sweden. I'm 17. No one needs to even know this happened, which, is, which could have happened. And, and Roland's absolutely right. This happened in Sweden. Uh, my only thing is, is I hope the girl and her family are satisfied with what Logan Mayu did and went through. I, I hope they ever heard, will be. I don't think they but I mean, as long as, no, I don't think they ever will be. But as long as they're involved in the process. Yeah. And it's not yep. just, okay, we're fixing them. Sorry about what happened
0: you know what I mean? No, I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to minimize other people's thoughts or feelings on this. If they're, if they have a different point of view, they're entitled to that point of view. Sure. If they don't want him signed, I, you know, I support that, that point of view. The, they, I, I, you're I allowed to, yeah, I mm-hmm. understand it. You're taking a stand on a specific uh, political view or moral view or a values kind of view. I understand that, but there's there's a limit. We can't there's only so much that anybody of any of us can do. And you're right, if he's willing to be out front, open and honest, and become uh an example, positive example, at least that little glimmer of hope has come out of this horrible situation. Granted, I don't know if he's gonna actually play a game with the Canadians. He might end up getting traded just because the press and the media and the scrutiny might be too much. But for now, my hope, and this is just my hope, is that he does exactly what you mentioned and becomes that that example. Yeah.
1: I think uh, the Hunter brothers in, uh, in London had a lot to do with this as well. Because uh, I know when he first came back from Sweden, they got him right into social workers or whatever he had to do. Uh, I know the Montreal Canadiens took over and they put him into this program. Um, Kent Hughes uh, went along with the program when he went in there and Kent Hughes made that statement back in March. We get, obviously, they seen growth. Obviously, they seen something because uh, Kent Hughes pretty much said because they don't have to sign him. If they didn't sign him, they would have got a draft pick and been done with it right and he would have someone else probably would have picked him up somewhere uh, edmonton or someone. in
0: that very draft
1: and that yeah and then uh so i personally i i hope and i think all the steps have been taken i hope and think mayu is uh genuinely um uh what's the word genuinely trying to improve himself and not just taking the steps because he has to um but I don't know. You're never going to know. I'm, I'm going to hope he, he he's doing what he's doing. Because everyone says he's just doing it for the job, but technically he doesn't have the job. Uh, sure, he got the ELC contract, but he's still in the minors. He's still dealing with his shoulder, and he could come back to play for London this year and be terrible. And Montreal could be like, you know what? Mm, this guy isn't what we thought. Oh, with all the controversy and the way he's playing what we already have, now oh, we're good. Right? So uh, yep. he doesn't have a job yet. Let's just say that.
0: Nope no, he's just now into their system. They have a, they have more control over what he does, where he plays, mm-hmm. how he, you know, how his development proceeds. And they have a say in that, uh, that development and growth as a person. Um, yeah. So I, I think, I think talking about this, this part, I think we're done, um, for now. This and is I just want to reiterate what up. you
1: said, uh, I agree. If you're against this for moral, political, so I, I understand, and, and yeah, you know what, yeah, that's perfectly fine. It, it, you you have perfectly good reasons to not like this signing or not want the kid to 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 have a second chance. Uh, there's nothing against that. I I, I don't agree. I, I think he should because of what he's done, because of the steps he's taken. I think he should get that second chance. I would totally agree with you if he just tried to hide this under the rug and left it in Sweden and never said a word about it. And then I'd be like, you know what? This guy's sneaky and he really didn't care about what he did. I don't want anything to do.
0: Yeah. As someone who has a uh, genetic history of females in his family, uh, it it would be it would be wrong to think that what he did was minor. It was still a fairly serious thing. So again, I understand the point of view of others. Uh, I kind of share it, but with the work he's done, I think he's earned this opportunity to continue to prove himself. He hasn't proven himself. He just, no. he's at a next step. So we'll see what happens this year. He's going to have to play well. He's going to have to show that he's a good human being. He's going to have to continue that. So we'll see what happens come next summer. But in the meantime, the the signing is is done um and for the final part of the show uh whew, let's see do you have any any additional thoughts you wanted to put in uh
1: not really i have a i'm gonna do a plug uh, i have a uh i'm doing a mailbag for the hockey writers so if anyone wants to have a question have me answer it on the mailbag uh just send me a tweet there's a thread on the on on there I'll, I'll retweet it every once in a while or send me a dm on twitter and I'll get that uh put that question I'll, I'll do my best to answer that question
0: well, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of crazy questions from these wild and a crazy people send to you uh-huh. wild and crazy guys nobody knows how to explain just just you and I well anybody <laughs> who's old that that reference um and uh yeah and for me i just want to finish off the show saying fuck you putin um (laughs) yeah you know yeah i I feel that covers a lot Mm, It does. Uh, does. for our listeners i want to thank everyone for checking in i want to keep i want to thank you guys for continuing to interact uh sending us uh comments ideas emails um I mean, Matt, you know, he he doesn't mind the pictures that get sent to him, but uh, eh, some of them should, I don't know, slow up. Vinny, we know it's you.
1: You have a girl. Definitely guy. Vinny.
0: Yeah. 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 Not, no judgment, but, no you know, judgment. Vinny's a nice looking guy. But you know, the, the picture's got to stop. Matt's, Matt's starting to get a little bit weirded out. I mean, at least stop with the feet pictures at the very least at least that's what he's telling us <laughs> exactly so <laughs> so to uh to all our listeners thank you for, uh, so much for listening thank you for checking in interacting with us we do appreciate it and remember if you're talking about it so are we and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at NaturalManPodcast.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at SoundOffPodcast.com.